and thank you for joining us for our first episode of the Fire Center of Excellence and Fort Sills Fire Strong podcast. Fire Strong is a monthly podcast focused on highlighting and talking about topics affecting artillery soldier. I am Don Herrick. I'm Keith Pinnell. And we are with the Fort Sill Public Affairs and we're your hosts. Today in the studio, we have our guest, Jay Khalife, the Fort Sills Army Substance Abuse Program Director. Jay, thank you for joining us from our premiere episode. Hey, thank you for having me. I've never been on a premiere episode of anything, so this is exciting for me. Uh, we're kind of excited about this, too. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like uh, we should have a whole banner. We're going to have a whole marketing campaign. Uh, no, we're not. We're, <laughs> we're military. We, we don't do that. Uh, but thanks for joining us. And uh, the topics we'll get to are important, but I want to make sure that our listeners to our inaugural program understand that if you know anything about me, and there's, I've been at Fort Sill a long time, so there's some people that know me, I don't do anything completely seriously. There will be laughter, there will be some joking around. We understand we have to cover some heavy topics. Mm -hmm. So what this is about is, is news you can use, news that affects the fire force, news that uh, affects the Fort Sill population and the surrounding area, because uh, Lawton Fort Sill is one bean, if you will. So, Jay, welcome and congratulations on being the first guest to Fire Great. Strong. Again, th thank you so much. I, you know, I, I really want to make something worthwhile for the soldiers and civilians that are listening to this podcast and something that they can use. And uh, sure, it may be uh, something more serious and more, um, uh, more human. Uh, you know, not, not not so much a lecture on substance abuse and drug and alcohol abuse. Uh, but more a, a discussion about how to uh, live a healthier and healthier life and thrive. Well, tell me uh, a little bit, because you and I know each other from way back mm -hmm. uh, when we were both here a long time ago. But for those just listening for the first time, hey, Fort Sill has a podcast. Let's check this out. Tell me a little bit about Jay Khalifa and what you have done for the Army in your career. Well, I... Uh, I began uh, as a soldier, believe it or not, many, many years ago, uh, growing up in Detroit. And when I uh, got tired of watching the Lions, Detroit Lions lose, <laughs> I, I decided to join the Army in uh, 1983. And, uh, and, have, and I thought I'd join for a few years, but I ended up loving the Army and loving the atmosphere and loving, loving soldiers. And, uh, and uh, I ended up staying for five, but I also stayed in the reserves for an additional 18 years. Important question, what was your MOS? My MOS doesn't even exist anymore. That's how old I am. Wow. <laughs> it used to be 72 Echo. 72 Echo was a uh, uh, telecommunication center operator in one of those vans. Oh, okay. So I was one of the first people to field the, uh, a van called... Uh, the uh, you know play on a computer I didn't know what it was uh, but I was one of the first people back in 84 85 and then I was amazed with another van they had it was called a fax van a fax a, van a van dedicated to just faxes because I couldn't understand how something can come electronically and create an image <laughs> So, so for our young listeners, a fax is this thing where you could literally put a sheet of paper, it would go over the top. Oh, never mind. Anyway, uh, so then you, you were a reservist? I was a reservist, yeah. And uh, 
but but I, I ended up um, getting out of the army after five years. The army was very kind to me and helped me finish my master's degree. Uh, I have an MBA actually in business administration, but most of my other education has been with uh, social work and, and counseling. I'm also a certified employee assistance counselor. Um, so I, uh, uh, you know, that basically I try to bring business principles to social work and uh, help it be more efficient and effective and help soldiers, um, uh, again, live uh, healthier and happier lives. So what do you do now at Fort Sill? Right now I'm the Army Substance Abuse Program Manager, and uh, what that entails is I, I oversee uh, different programs. One is the Prevention Education Training Program, uh, which you know we get out there and try to build uh, resiliency skills with uh, communication skills, uh, stress management, and things like that. And we can come back and talk about those things later on if you like. Um, also, the uh, risk reduction program, where we look at different risk factors uh, going on in the community and help uh, educate commanders on how to mitigate those risk factors for the particular units, and also uh, part of the uh, Community Readiness and Resilient Council that supports soldiers in that regard um, and helps you know get senior mission commander involved in that whole process. Um, we have the drug testing program, which we are the most popular for. Uh, most folks know us for the drug testing, and some folks. That's all they know us for. And um, they get up early in the morning on a Thursday or Friday and they get tested. And those results come you know, to us and we process them and send them off to Tripler. And then um, uh, you know, they come back mostly negative, so that's good. Then we have the uh, suicide prevention program where we help um, soldiers find a purpose and, and uh, reason why they're here and why they're part of a great army and um, hopefully help them uh, work through any kind of issues and help help that purpose, help them overcome whatever uh, immediate kind of stressors they may have um, impact in their lives. So uh, those are the primary programs. And of course, we have the Employee Assistance Program also, which I didn't mention, which is a civilian counseling program where we try to help any DA civilians and, uh, uh, and their family members with whatever kind of issues that they may be dealing with, not just substance abuse issues. Although the program was an outgrowth of, drug, of the Drug-Free Federal Workplace Act, uh, there's a bunch of other issues like elder care is a big issue right now with the civilian workforce. How do I take care of my elderly mother or father or grandparents, you know, and, uh, and still, you know, I'm able to work. Uh, so all these sorts of things we try to uh, impact uh, lives positively and support uh, soldiers and civilians within the community uh, in ways not just related to substance abuse prevention. Very interesting. And, mm -hmm. and, I, and for, say, I know one of the things we want to hit specifically today is know your limits, yeah. uh, along with some other things. So as we look at somebody, a soldier, family member, DA civilian, who may be listening to this and go, here we go, another, where they're going to preach to us about don't drink, don't drive, that kind of thing. That's not what know your limits necessarily is, is it? You're not saying don't drink. Drinking and driving, anybody will tell you is bad, mm -hmm. but at least do it responsibly. We're not. We know you're going to drink if that's what you decide to do. Right. right. If you're if you decide to drink, you know there there are soldiers and and uh, young people out there and DA civilians who don't drink for whatever reason. But I would say I would put forth and tell me if I'm wrong, please. That more do drink than don't. Um, and when you do, we're not telling you not to. We're telling you, A, to do it responsibly, 
And B, know your limits. So please tell me what know your limits is because that's a fairly new campaign. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a DOD campaign. It's not yes. just the Army. So, um, you know, uh, you, you brought up a very important point about the, uh, the teetotalers. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's, uh, there's actually, uh, these, are, these are for the young kids again. These are people that don't drink at all. Right. Choose not to drink, and, and again, that's your choice. Okay, and uh, and about twenty five percent of the population does not drink anymore, and uh, for whatever reason, or never began drinking in the first place. Uh, and that segment of the population is actually growing, and uh, so that's an interesting fact. Um, the uh, responsible drinking. Uh, Stephen Covey in a book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Mm-hmm. If you ever read the book, um, it is fantastic, and he's got. He, he describes what responsible is. You just break down the word into two words: response, able. Okay, are you response able to uh, control your drinking? Is it your response? Because once people have been drinking. Uh, uh, at a certain level for a certain amount of time, not moderately, but more abusively, uh, they are no longer in control of themselves. I mean, if you've known anybody in your life uh, that uh, was an alcoholic or a drug addict, uh, they they destroyed their families, they mm-hmm. destroyed themselves, they destroyed their, uh, uh, what do you call it, their jobs and, and the futures, and you can't talk sense into them. Because it has nothing to do with reasoning. Uh, I think Dean Swift once said, um, you cannot reason a man out of something he's never been reasoned into. And drug addiction happens at a level of the brain. And again, this is from long-term abuse, generally speaking, you know. Um, happens in the area of the brain that's, you know, geared towards our, and, and meted with our survival. So uh, the rest of the brain basically works to make sure that part of the brain is satisfied. The areas of the brain that are, are make, us, uh, make us healthy, like uh, with eating and, and um, eating the right foods and exercise and all those neurochemicals that make us feel good are largely located in the center of the brain. The rest of the brain goes out and gets us what we need. And so it, when addiction happens, it happens in that area of the brain and the rest of the, brain, the, rest of the body follows because they're, they read it as part of my survival. Hmm. And that's the way they act. Addic- the word addiction means to give oneself up compulsively to something. It could be an activity, too, like uh, gambling. They give themselves up. You know what that means? I am no longer responsible for myself, right? I can, uh, between, uh, and, and, um, uh, you know, between a stimulus and my behavior, there's a choice. And that choice is always going to be uh, towards abuse at a certain level after long-term drinking abusively. So that's why we try, we have the prevention measures. That's why we do the classes that we do. That's why we do anything we can to keep them from that. And that's why there has to be consequences early on, you know, when there's a DUI, because that's an, that's an indicator, okay, a DUI. Uh, the hallmark of abuse is continued use. You get a, somebody gets a DUI and they continue to use at the same or higher levels. That is the hallmark of abuse because consequences are supposed to steer us in the right direction, right? We we spend all that money on a DUI. We can't drive for a while. Uh, we have uh, maybe demoted, whatever. Uh, that should wake us up. 
right? But some people, that doesn't even help. And the danger there, if it's not uh, because we believe that Army believes in the disease concept, and the disease is progressive, uh, chronic, and fatal at one point, right? It's not going to get better. Uh, it's going to get worse. And generally speaking, you see that all the time, right? Unless it's arrested, unless it's dealt with. And that goes with problems in the workplace, too. So, Jay, you know, you know what, what about that person that finds themselves in that position, that they know that they're having an issue? Hey, who can they contact or what resources do we have uh, that they can use to get help? Yeah, so the uh, substance use disorder clinical care used to be paired with the Garrison Army Substance Abuse Program, but now they're located at the uh, clinic. And so you contact behavioral health like for any other behavioral issue. And, uh, you know, you can contact them and, and be uh, uh, do that with very minimal consequences. A lot of people think there's going to be consequences associated, but a lot of uh, the Army wants to encourage people to go get help when they need help, so they do a lot of great things to... Uh, make sure that the soldier uh, realizes that and, and uh, is more um, I call it more likely to go get the help that they need. Um, and, and so I think, I think you know, the, everything starts at behavioral health because this is a behavioral health issue, you know. Um, so, you know, along with depression and any other kind of disease, uh, behavioral health takes care of it. But specifically within the behavioral health, there's the substance, substance use disorder clinical care. So, you know, thinking about, you know, friends that have run into alcohol-related problems in the past, you know, getting that help before you come across a life-changing incident like that, it's got to be a lot more beneficial to get that help before. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and you know, and, and part of, you know, the campaign is to help people when you talk about responsible drinking. Um, you know, we're also talking about honorable being honorable and you know if you look at the definition of what what it is to serve honorably it's with high respect okay uh, and great esteem for being in the the greatest army in the world and uh, you know adherence to a standard you know some a set of principles that you have and the army you know has their set of principles and uh, asking yourself okay will my actions because I have a choice of my actions will my actions um, make the army look good or make the army look bad you know will my will my actions make myself look good or myself look bad and many times uh, a lot of soldiers frustration is because what they want their lives to be about is not aligned with the life they're living you know they're not living the type of life that they want to live and they're frustrated with the day-to-day -day activities and uh and helping soldiers align that, you know, what they want their lives to be about and helping them find the actions to get there. Uh, there was a great exercise, again, in the seven habits of highly effective people. It's um, the second habit, uh, begin with the end in mind. And they asked uh, uh, people to think about your, uh, uh, a funeral, you know, your funeral, you know, and uh, you're walking in and uh, you see all your family and friends and colleagues at work and uh, and there's a casket in front and, and you look in and it's you. And one by one, the family members, uh, work associates, community members, church members maybe, or, or religious members of your community uh, go up and, and uh, pay tribute to you. Think about what 
tribute statements you want you would like to hear from them right what would you want for your uh, for these people in your lives the important people in your lives to say about you and uh, you know I've done a lot of these classes over the years and I discovered we're all pretty much the same you know what do we want our colleagues to say about us that we were there for them we were willing to share everything we supported them we always um, made them look good things like that right what do we want our family and uh, our mothers and fathers to say about us that we uh, we had integrity uh, we worked hard we uh, were always there we loved we, we loved them and they loved me and they were patient with me understanding with me tactful with me you know and, and the same goes with our children you know the children want to, uh, we all want our children to know that we're going to be there for them anytime they need us and that uh, they can trust us and so in that regard you know we should all be helping each other get there you know uh, and how do we do that? We don't do that by getting sloppy drunk and being irresponsible for ourselves you know, and, and uh, unable to control ourselves and our behaviors and then blame everybody else for that. You know, we get there by remembering uh, what we want our lives to be about and do some backward planning then, essentially. Yeah. How, do, how do I get my mom to say that? How do I get my dad to say that about me? How do I get my coworkers to say that about me? And so I can live a more fulfilling life. What is, as, as far as the No Limits, or Know Your Limits uh, campaign, uh, how do we get to, you know, we figure the NCOs and the higher ranking soldiers should know, although, uh, you know, we see across the Army that they still have issues as well as far as DUIs and, mm-hmm. and alcohol-related incidents, but obviously we want to start with the younger generation. Uh, so how do we get to them and say, look, we're not trying to tell you not to drink. If you're, if you want to, and you're of legal age, do it. But just know your limits. What should they take away from that statement? To do it responsibly. I mean, have you ever seen anybody drunk? Do of they course. look? Do they look responsible? Sometimes I look <laughs> in the mirror, and I, you know, <laughs> depending. Well, I've got a card for you later. <laughs> Like this, but uh, we uh, um, we do our best, uh, and and soldiers are doing their best. Listen, they've been through a lot, you know. Sure, this, this pandemic and and the day to day and the constant changes, and the same thing with civilian workforce now. Um, it, it would be uh, if you if you lose your sense of balance and you lose your sense of purpose, it would be easy to understand now. But it's a, this is when it's more important than ever, you know. To, uh, and that's why that firm foundation of knowing what I want to be about, all that other crap that, that hits you, you can deal with it better because you have a firmer foundation in what you want your life to be about. And that's what this campaign is essentially about, too, you know, realizing that there's something bigger that I want to live my life for. The Army values and uh, Team SEAL values are important to me, and I want to live that way and live those values, and I want to exemplify those values. So when people say me, see me on the streets, they say that. You know, uh, being a soldier in the army is something that is worthwhile and something that uh, maybe the young people can aspire to because we are professionals. So you know, at Fort Sill, uh, we push down to our first line leaders to be involved in your soldiers' lives and to kind of be aware of what they're doing. You know, for those first line leaders that are out there, Jay, what are some warning signs? that soldiers who may be having problems with addiction or going a little too far 
uh, with alcohol and starting to go down that trail, what are some examples or warning signs that you could share with those first line leaders? Well, first I would say, you know, I, I definitely sympathize with you. It must be very difficult to be a first line leader now. There's so much um, being thrown at them. You know, I, I see them all the time. We go to brief them and, and uh, now this additional uh, pandemic concerns and keeping people... A lot of stresses right now. A lot of stresses right now, probably more than, than usual, I would say. Um, so, uh, first take care of yourself, you know. Make sure that um, absolutely that 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 if you need help, you know you can go. You, you know you can go get help yourself, and and uh, because what you do is even more important, you know, in, in a sense because you're in charge. You have the charge of all these soldiers, and um, uh, the other thing I would I would encourage the leaders to do is um, uh, a lot of times a lot of the stressors in a unit is because there's a breakdown of trust. In the organization, and we see that with uh, the unit risk inventories that we conduct, um, there some some soldiers are just not trusting their leader. And uh, I think uh, it, it was um, I forgot who said it over two thousand years ago. Uh, to be trusted, you have to be trustworthy, and to be trustworthy, you have to be of good sense. You know, they know what you're talking about. Know know your jobs. Um, good character, you know, you don't lie, steal, and cheat, or otherwise people find it difficult to trust you. And the last one uh, is to be of goodwill. Look out for your people, right? It's hard not to trust a leader like that, right? So when you're doing everything you can to create a trusting environment and let them know that, hey, you're looking, I'm looking out for your future, even if you get a DUI, even if you're having a hard time, right? I'm looking out for your future because I know uh, once you get to the point of addiction, our success rate as counselors and, and, uh, and people at the um, uh, at the Sutsi uh, diminish greatly. You know, we want to get you before you're addicted, and even when they're, uh, uh, if they if they go into that category, what usually has to happen is they have to get away from the drug. They send them off to uh, you know inpatient for a month or, or longer. Uh, so they're away from that drug, so they can start thinking right again, you know, and uh, and uh, you know, away from the substance or, or the activity that that's causing the issues. And then when they get them back, they have them in the group sessions and they support them that way. So, um, you know, there's an old adage: if it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, it's a duck. <laughs> you ever hear that? Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, you know, if you see a soldier, performance diminishing, uh, behavior erratic. Starts to not care for his, the way they, they uh, take care of themselves, the looks of their uniforms. Uh, if they um, uh, attendance is shoddy, you know they start. You can't depend on them anymore. Uh, you know something else is possibly controlling their lives, and uh, not themselves anymore. So I mean, if there's something about responsibility, it's about staying in control of your life and what you want your life to be about. Sure. That's, to me, that's responsible. I want to ask you something real quick about, and we just have a couple of minutes left, but one aspect of your office that does dovetails nicely to what you were just talking about is risk management. Right. How can a commander take advantage of that to lower maybe some of the numbers in his unit or, or something like that as far as people, soldiers getting into trouble? 
uh, for many of the units, we've been con uh, conducting these unit risk inventories for many, many years. And uh, so we have a profile of every unit and where 15 different risk factors lie. Things like crimes against pro uh, property, crimes against people, uh, AWOLs, uh, e even uh, sexually transmitted infections, things like that. We've been monitoring accidents, injuries for a while. We can also come in and uh, talk to soldiers uh, or, or uh, do an inventory, unit risk inventory, and get that data. And then uh, we, we come back and we share the findings with commanders, you know. Uh, but that's part of the, the, the reason why we were able to identify the lack of trust because that's one of the things we asked them about, uh, you know, in the unit, the unit, uh, because this is a self-assessment. Soldiers provide this information, not to the commanders. They give it directly to us and uh, we process it and come back with a one-page report of where they uh, stand uh, and where their risk profile is and where, where they should probably be focused in their efforts. So it's a very handy tool for commanders. Also, we can come in there um, and do a, a group facilitation for the soldiers and hear from them uh, directly what's going on and, and actually build something called a mutual action plan to uh, help them work for um, that's more solution-focused, action-oriented, and, uh, and help them uh, improve the situation on the ground. You can also do it for a civilian office, say like, I don't want to put us in the, in the spotlight, but, but say like a, an all-civilian office, like the Public Affairs Office or say DRM or something like that, correct? Yeah, yeah. it's, a, it's an outgrowth of the, I'm, I'm also a mediation, uh, I have a mediation certification, so it's an outgrowth of the uh, dual-party and multi-party mediations. Uh, group facilitation, we sit everybody around a table uh, and we ask them, hey, what actionable, observable things that uh, the organization can do to make it better? We get it on paper, everybody keeps up their uh, end of the bargain. Trust is able to be able to be, uh, you know, found again in the organization and built up again from there. And I wasn't putting PAO or DRM in the Donald, spotlight. That was a good that, save. That just that happened to be the save. ones that came to yeah, yeah. mind that had lots of civilians yeah. in it. You're, you're so, uh, Jay, thank you very much. It's, it's been a pleasure and, uh, uh, you know, learn a lot. And the, and the whole thing is know your limits. You know, you know if you go out, you know if you drink four or five of, of these drinks that you're probably going to be not yourself. We're not telling you not to drink. We're not telling. We're certainly telling you not to do drugs because that's illegal. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, we're not telling you not to have a good time. Right. Just do it responsibly. And that you mentioned the word responsible about eighty times there. So thanks for coming in and helping us understand that. Yeah. So uh, Jay, if people are out there and they're trying to get help or you know schedule a cl unit class meeting, how can they get a hold of your organization? All we have to do, dial is 580-442-4657, and it'll get me directly, and I can help them, steer them in the right direction. I think it's a timely message, too, about drinking, especially during the, uh, the playoffs. <laughs> oh, no. Especially if you're a Detroit fan, right, Jay? <laughs> <laughs> and so, a Cowboys fan. <laughs> so, Jay, we're getting ready to wrap up. I just wanted to see if you had anything else you wanted to add as we're getting ready to close. No, no, I really appreciate the opportunity to sit down with you guys. I... Uh, I hope uh, I've, I've provided something that would be helpful for the soldiers and civilians out there and, uh, and family members, and really, really look forward to doing more of these with you later on. That's awesome. So we'd like to thank our guest, uh, Jay Khalife, of the Army Substance Abuse Program uh, Manager for Fort Sill, for talking to us today. 
and you have been listening to the Firestrong Podcast.